Mom always told me to be a good boy, but the world said I could be anything I wanted to be, which is great, because I want to be a problem. No, I won't dive into sex, drugs, or gender confusion. To the world, that would make me a good little boy. I will learn formal logic and adhere firmly to the concept of objective truth. I will commit myself absolutely to the authority of the Word of God and make friends with Augustine, Luther, Calvin, Chesterton, Lewis, and the U.S. Constitution. I hope to grow up and love only one woman, a woman at least as clear-thinking and rebellious in this world as I will be, who knows where true beauty lies and who will never let me stop striving to be the biggest problem I can be. I will give my life for hers and aim to have a family large enough to require specialty automobiles. We will worship in a church unashamed of the gospel and live in a community of families doing the same. I will work myself to the bone providing for my family and I will make sure my kids all fall in love with Narnia and Middle Earth, that they will all know how to think, that evolution will make them giggle, and rainbows will make them think of Noah and his archiarchy. Like I said, I will be a problem, immune to all that is hip and trendy and now. Singing songs that are centuries old, savoring good wine and great whiskey, dancing and laughing and feasting while the enemies of God scowl and glower in shelter in place. Hey, little boy, the world says, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a metastasizing cancer of conservative Christian culture, devouring Marx's impotent progressive dream and building a resurrected Western world. I want to be a stomper of stupid sandcastles, an exposer of poisonous lies. I want my life to be a monument to the triune creator God who made us all, the kind of monument you and yours will never be able to tear down. Oh, and farm. Thanks for asking. New St. Andrews College. Liberal Arts for Outlaws. There you go. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politic on the Fight Laugh Fees Network. It is Tuesday evening. Good to be with you guys. Disrespect for Marriage Act? It passed. What? I, I mean, they actually called it respect for marriage. Act, that you know, already. No, you we know, knew that. the Senate passed it today. Ooh. We got Michael Darty coming on the show to talk about that. Pastor Toby Chuck Knox, I'm the Water Boy. Good to be with you. Hey, um, this is not going to be nearly as good as Doctor White, but our Fight Laugh Feast magazine <laughs> is a quarterly issue that packs a punch like a 21 year Balvini, especially after today. No ice. We don't water down our scotch. Why would we water down our theology? Order mm. a yearly subscription for yourself, and then send a couple of yearly subscriptions to your friends mm. who have been drinking lukewarm That's evangelical right. Kool Aid. Every quarter, we promise quality food for the soul, wine for the heart, some Red Bull for turning over tables. Our magazine includes cultural commentary, a psalm of the quarter, recipes for feasting, laughter sprinkled throughout the glossy pages. So good. And more. Sign up today. Sign up your friends. Sign up your grumpy uncle. That's right. Sign up, I don't know, David, David French. French. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> At Fight, Laugh, Feast. Dot com. We're very grateful to have with us on the show today, Michael Doherty. He's a non-resident fellow in the Social, Cultural, and Constitutional Studies Division of the American Enterprise Institute, Ooh, AI, where huh? he studies the Republican tradition in American political thought. He's also a senior writer at National Review, <laughs> and he had uh, the unfortunate—I um, made the unfortunate or fortunate, in our, in our case, decision yeah. to send me— a link to his article. Look what I wrote today. That came out today, and I said, hey, man, um, let's have you on the show. Michael, thanks for coming on Cross Politic. 
Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I wasn't angling for anything. Uh, no, no. Uh, oh. But, hey, but, but I got a question before we get into it. Why not? Uh, How did, angle? Do you have ad envy from, from that ad that Toby just read? I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, like NRO magazine kind of ad, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I need I need more. I need more hype uh, <laughs> at, at NR more regularly. I need that. <laughs> <laughs> I need. Now, uh, um, Mike, Michael is an old acquaintance, and he's yeah, yeah. occasionally uh, sends me articles, and we've kept up I over the years. I did not know that. And, um, yeah, I mean, we, we actually initially connected uh, years ago because uh, I think he, he sent me a note out of the blue or made a comment or something on my blog because um, I, was, I was bemoaning a bunch of Protestant converts um, to Catholicism. To Catholicism. Yeah. I mean, Michael's uh, one, one of my one of my papist friends. <gasps> one of our favorite Catholics. And uh, <laughs> but uh, but he was he actually joined me in bemoaning them because he said a lot of the kids converting. I think he called them theater kids, if I remember right. <laughs> oh oh man. Play, yeah, I probably did. Playing, sounds like me. <laughs> play, playing dress up, playing dress up, and, yeah. he, and he said, "Like, I mean, uh, I we actually want real Catholics, not not the make believe kind." We'll, was, we'll wow. see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> listen, I'm sure I'm, I'm friends with some dear theater kids, but uh, <laughs> this is a yeah. very like, weird time. Anyways, yeah. um, Michael, you, you wrote an article today, National Review, um, and you, you actually you, you quipped on on Twitter that um, you know this respect for marriage act passing, you know. Whatever I, you had a libertarian take on it, you said what? Why, why you think Christians and uh, believers are going to be okay? What did you mean by yeah, that? Well, you know, it, it actually grew out of uh, you know we, we a national review. We have a morning call to discuss you know the issues of the day before we start writing. You know, some of us. And I was just listening in this morning. I dropped one of my kids off at school and I'm listening in on the way back home to my home office. And you know, I'm hearing you know my colleagues saying like ah you know like as a classical liberal I. I don't object to anything that, that, you know, we're saying on this issue or like that, that about traditional marriage or this or that. And I just interrupted it and said, you know, I want to defend the bill on libertarian grounds. And, and my <laughs> colleague said, what? <laughs> that doesn't sound like you. And I said, well, you know, I see nothing in the bill that would restrain our Lord from continuing to inflict on America fertility rates that are lower oh. than North Korea's. I, you know, I see nothing that would stop our Lord from uh, culling our population at Vietnam war levels uh, with fentanyl overdoses. Oh. I see nothing that would stop him from continuing as he has been for decades now, using illiterate barbarians to humiliate the most expensive military ever fielded on planet Earth. Wow. So, you know, like... I don't know. God seems perfectly at liberty after this legislation, and uh, yeah, I feel rather protected by Him. So, um, it's the rest of you, I worry about. So, I, you know, Jesus is a libertarian. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you, well, you know, it's funny because years, years, and years ago, I remember um, I was interviewing with uh, a writer at Gawker who actually was interviewing to be to be a writer at Gawker. Uh, of all things mm. <laughs> and the um because i have a, i have a taste for tabloid journalism uh <laughs> and and the the writer there said like okay i know what you think and believe like why so why wouldn't you be a theocrat and i remember like i was stumped for a second because i was like i am a theocrat in the sense that like God reigns. Yeah. He's just way more libertarian than I would be. <laughs> like he allows a lot of stuff to go down. I wouldn't yeah. for, or for reasons I don't understand, but he probably loves me a lot more than I would. I would love all of you if, uh, <laughs> if I was in his position. So 
I've always been I've always been thought of God as something like a like a libertarian at least from my my perspective. Some, some, sometimes <laughs> sometimes we've called ourselves theocratic libertarians. Yeah, you know because I mean you know there, there's there's something to that. Although I think that ends up landing somewhere more like in a traditional conservatism. But so, yeah, it sounds too odd to people. But yeah, uh, right. yeah. Anyway, I just I you know we at National Review like we 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 focus on politics and we talk about politics in the normal political language of our day most of the time and i just find it salutary every once in a while to just kind of i don't know demonstrate to people what it would be like to think of god as an actual you know player character in our universe um because i do think of him that way the player character yeah, right? it's advent season <laughs> You know, and even, you know, like, and and I've gotten a funny reaction today from this because, you know, from friends, you know, disputing it with me and, you know, a Jewish friend saying like, hey, listen, you know, my, my people were chased out of this country like 60 years ago. They were hounded here, killed there. I have a hard time thinking of this as the most, you know, cursed time. Mm. And I was like, I totally, I totally get that. But I said like, but... You know, if you agree that we have serious problems, wouldn't a lot of the solution look like repenting and turning toward the Lord? And he's like, well, yeah, of course it would. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, even even if those aren't aren't willing to go all the way with me and say like, hey, listen, there's a lot of evident signs of God's chastisement around around the place. If you haven't noticed lately, yeah. Um, you know, I think even those who aren't aren't all the way there still can see a little bit of the way that. Um, well, and I, and I think part of the uh, uh, the um, uh, uh, response to your Jewish friends too is like, you know, if you guys would have repented, God wouldn't have chased you out of your land, Ooh. <laughs> right? I mean, it's like that's, that's anti-Semitic. It's like that's anti-Semitic. We just you got canceled. Like you cannot. That is not. Kanye I'm, just got walked off the set. <laughs> I, 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 I listen. Uh, listen, if you want to bring Kanye on in the next segment, uh, I know. Um, <laughs> Uh, we don't need to go the, there right now, Michael. <laughs> yeah, I was also saying earlier today that like, why can't you know with Kanye and this these Nick Fuentes guys like, why can't you be normal people like Catholics and just blame the Freemasons for your problems? <laughs> um, but uh, that's funny. That's funny, Michael. But, but uh, well, yeah, I'm not going to comment on why why the Jews aren't in Austria anymore. But uh, the uh, but yeah, anyway, it was it was fun to. Um, put that up and see the response that people get a lot of people just try to studiously ignore me when i start talking like this but um so so michael you you were um i assume yeah i believe you were at um nro when david french was there and david french yeah. left and and then went to dispatch with with jonas um jonas uh jonah jonah excuse me <laughs> jonah jonah not, not the it was singer. jonas at that point because he jonas, laughed and shouldn't jonas have brothers. left the jonah, the jonas brothers he got on the wrong boat <laughs> uh-oh the jonah no i'm just kidding um and uh David, he 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 came out in favor actually for the Respect for Marriage Act or disrespect for marriage uh, or Act. disrespect for marriage act. Um, how are you guys getting along? What's your response to, well, to David? Uh, okay, on so, so I'm gonna I, I I actually have drafted something that's gonna go up on National Review's website soon, kind of a dear David letter. Because uh, David was a, a happy traveler, a great co- he was a great colleague, actually uh-huh. one of the greatest colleagues I've ever had mm-hmm. uh, in this business. Uh, I love him dearly. And, um, and I sympathize with a lot of what he's gone through in the last six, seven years. Um, I just disagree with him on this. Uh, and it's funny cause I felt like we agreed. And, um, I remember a conversation we had in the office with someone else 
on the staff who's like, well, you know, we haven't been able to convince anyone on, on gay marriage. And I remember saying like, well, it's built into the order, of, uh, you know, the, the male and female uh, it's built into the order of creation itself. Right. And I remember David chiming in with like, and full evangelical firmer, yes. Yeah. Like when I said that, <laughs> and uh, so my response to him is is just exactly that, which is uh, he's saying that there's this radical distinction between covenant marriage and civil marriage, uh, and there is a distinction, but it's one that the church has always traditionally, the church has always gone out into the world and said it, that marriage is part of the order of creation. I mean, this is something that is intuitive and natural to societies and that's why we find it even where we don't find the gospel yeah. right uh and you find it consistently throughout humanity and the church has always gone out and affirmed the validity of marriages wherever it could wherever it found them that were valid right even when those societies had customs and laws that weren't in line with the church whether on consanguinity or you know or all these other yeah issues right uh or inheritance issues or tribal issues that are obscuring the reality of of what marriage should be uh-huh. uh and so um you know where does david's argument leave people like you know roger scruton who i don't know if he ever came to believe in the gospel but he believed in traditional marriage and what it was for which is for the raising of children uh in in a natural family where does it leave um and where does it leave him on other issues too? Which is if you're making this distinction, if you're willing to take the order of creation out of civil reference to civil law, um, what do you do with transgenderism? Right? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to be asked to make the same distinction there. Right. Someone will tell you if you make a distinction between covenantal marriage and civil marriage, well, you should make a distinction between creational sexual identity male and female he created them mm-hmm. right. and our legal and social order which says you know you are male and female or whatever you create yourself as right uh and i, th- I think you know he it's uh you know this isn't um a private doctrinal matter like the simplicity of god or justification by faith alone that is a matter of revelation this is uh, of, of special revelation from God that's accessible only to Christians who have the gift of faith from the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. This is man, you a matter sound so evangelical right there, brother. Whew, thank you, well, thank you, Jesus. Oh no, no, that is that is thank that you. Is, <laughs> hey, that is straight up. That's common to us. I'm just, I'm just playing. <laughs> that is common to us. That understanding of revelation. Yeah, but the, but marriage is something common to humanity as part of our entailment in creation. Um. I think, you know, probably the yeah. term, right, and for you guys is like common grace, right? Right, right. Yeah. So for me, I mean, it's just he's mixed up this category into a retreat. And, I, mm. you know, I hope I hope to call him back to his, his senses on this because I, I know he has them in there. Yeah. That, but that's, so why, though? Because, you know, I've listened. I, I guess there's a difference between old David French and new David French. Well, well I mean, I mean <laughs> broken we, David French. Well, and old I mean, David we, we French. hung out with David. Yeah, we hung in, out with in, him for like three hours in, in, uh, in Tennessee. In, well, Tennessee. That was in January. <clears throat> January 2020. Yeah, before, right before the COVID. We, we, yeah. we hung out with them for three oh, wow. hours. We had him on the show. And, and actually, we, we stopped through Tennessee on a tour we were doing. And we went to a, uh, a barbecue. barbecue joint. Yeah. and recorded a conversation with us and David at the barbecue joint. It was a lot of fun. And 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 we wanted like where'd that where'd that David go? Right. Yeah. yeah that and that's what I was like so what what is it what's leading him 
as far as best you can examine well, what's leading him down this way because this is odd so i think for david has a fee david has a, an overriding political fear of uh disunion in the united states that we are becoming way too polarized mm-hmm. the center cannot hold uh so i think he wants to find common ground wherever he can yeah i think that that is a for him that is an a political imperative of the moment and then secondly i think um he really lays a lot of emphasis if you read his writing on the first amendment as a bulwark against the tyranny that should be uh logically inflicted on christians for dissenting from the public definition of marriage uh, in the United States. I mean, he really believes that when you look at the composition of the court today and of recent cases, whether it's Masterpiece Cake Shop or others, that like the trend line is religious believers are getting robust protection from the court. So basically, I think he's saying like, well, we can withstand some losses in Congress uh, and in the culture because we have this, the First Amendment, and it's getting stronger. It's providing stronger protections from us, even as we are losing influence and power in the culture generally. So I think that's that's where his head is at. Uh, I'm less confident in the Supreme Court uh, in the medium and long term than he is. Uh, and I'm less confident in the tolerance of, you know, our neighbors. Uh, <laughs> just, just yeah. uh, you know just in the long train of things that, you know, I really do believe, you know, we're, uh, you know, logically things, things flow from one another. And the logic of mm-hmm. our form of egalitarianism is against maintaining these distinctions between uh-huh. marriage, between a man and a woman yeah. and uh, same sex marriage or same sex mirage or whatever. Yeah. And in, and in fact, I mean, I mean, in fact, you know the 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 real thing that's happening spiritually is that in a sense same-sex marriage is eclipsing traditional marriage as the the actual marital ideal right, right? that like that's right in in fact like what marriage should be is this kind of exalted concubinage of two consumers mm-hmm. who like um who don't really have duties to each other right. or to previous generations or future generations it's all based on this kind of like uh eternal eternally given present consent um right there's no actual covenant and and that that ideal is is actually um taking over marriage as a whole in our society that's what uh, and it's going to be reflected more and more in other legal aspects of of marriage i don't know i don't know if you followed any of the work that jeff schaefer is doing uh michael but He's a former ADF lawyer. He's now out here at New St. Andrews College directing uh, our Hale Institute Institute of um, uh, Public Policy. It's a um, new institute at the New St. Andrews College. But um, he he breaks this down beautifully and says the exact same thing. But basically, you know, all marriage is gay marriage. Right. now because of the very things you're saying yeah um yeah i mean we like i like i mean not to be uh too flip but like among some of my friends my other like christian friends we joke that like it, people who get married even to a uh, opposite sex partner but they get married outside of the church we joke like oh you got gay married yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> 
Interesting. Um, but like, um, yeah. Why, why, we, yeah. Why, do you, why do you say that? Because why do, no, yeah. no. I mean, it's 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 a little bit true. It goes against what I said. What I said before is true. The church recognizes the validity of all valid right. marriages, even those outside of itself. And I'm I we should do that too. But I just am joking about the the kind of influence of our of our culture, that, right? Like, since if you're outside of the church, increasingly you're subjected to this uh, alternative ideal of what marriage is or should be. Mm. Well, and, and unfortunately, so many Christians even I mean, e- even in in yeah. Orthodox you know creedal churches. Um, have no conception of the covenant, have no conception of generations uh, or even the notion that, like children are an optional accessory. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have, you don't have the, yeah, uh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's exactly right. And, and I mean, you can see this. I mean, I remember I felt very blessed to, um, I was married in, in what you would call the traditional right of the, of the Roman Catholic church. Right. So pre-Vatican too. Right. And you know, the liturgy in of Latin. that, yeah, the the liturgy of that rite, which we you know we had passed translations out to everyone attending the wedding, yeah. you know, talked about uh, you know that we were seeking in certain prayers in that liturgy blessings like to see our children's generation mm. give birth to their children's generation to to theirs to the third and fourth generation outward. That that's what we were praying for on that very day, right? Uh, and that. Um, you know, and the very clear explication that what we were doing on that day was an eschatological sign of the union between God's God and his church, uh, you know, and that, that was communicated so clearly in our liturgy, but um, most people, even most Christians don't have their liturgical formation is... Like a Jennifer Lopez wedding comedy. You're so right, man. Vows <laughs> that, that they read in that oh in those. Goodness. Wow, that's right. Things, especially the made up vows, right? Which oh, are yeah. increasingly common, right? And um, and yeah, and and I remember, um, you know, I had family members years ago, not in the church, uh, ex- you know, from my extended family looking to get married, and they're they were like picking out vows from like internet sites, like where would you. <laughs> get vows for their wedding ceremony and none of them mentioned none of them mentioned children none none of them or the stake that everyone else present at the wedding ceremony has in the marriage itself being confected that day Mm. you know what i mean and it's like and i just pointed out like well hey like why don't you look into this like thing from the book of common prayer it kind of gives you a little bit more you yeah. know, meat on the bones here, <laughs> something to help you understand <laughs> this thing is not just something that the two of you are doing and you know by yourselves, right? Like and, oh and, man. And that's exactly right. And and I don't think I don't think people miss the political impact of all this as that's well. Right. I mean I, I mm-hmm. just recently was going back well, yeah, they don't even get the basic societal aspect no, no, of I mean, it. Don't, don't the, the, ba- the basic core of creation <laughs> wrong, male and female, covenant marriage and future generations but i was you know going back and reviewing some of um, edmund burke's stuff yeah. yeah and and i mean burke is famous for his notion of you know this um this this um societal uh, sort of he doesn't i don't know if he used the word covenant but contract um with generations between the past the yeah. present and the future yes. um that's an outworking that's right. in society of your view of marriage and family and generations 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, and we're, we're gifted, we're built by God with this natural capacity to, to marry one another, right? To for a man to marry a woman. And as you experience things, like as I experienced becoming a father, I got to experience the burden suddenly falling on you that fell on your father before him mm, and his yes. father before him of responsibility and how that burden drives you back toward your father mm. or your mm. grandfather, even if they've long since passed away yeah. and it drives you back to their example. And suddenly that connection between your grandfather great-grandfather long deceased their example in faith in love in work for you to give to your son right your daughter like that so uh, good. you know that that was the basis of my book my father left me ireland yeah uh because i got to experience that in a very intense way uh given my my circumstances growing up without my father in the home yeah. <clears throat> and um and so yeah we we have this natural inborn capacity and, and but unfortunately we're dulling it drugging it uh drugging it down quieting its voice trying to anesthetize it with ideology mm. um and yeah well, so and here we you are wanna read the, you want to read the read ad, the ad the, okay. I, I got a follow-up question uh, we got, we, yeah, we gotta, then we gotta let him get back to his his, his kids that's right do you yeah. own, do you own a business and write a lot of proposals if so you should check out smartpricingtable.com smart pricing table allows you to create quick and accurate proposals and it's loaded with features like recurring fees quantities and line item upsells whatever those are when your prospect is ready they can e-sign and you're off to the races very smart pricing table. No, visit <laughs> smartpricingtable.com. <laughs> it is a very smart pricing table, yeah. Mention CrossPolitik, get 25% off your first Ooh. two Ooh. months. You're going to love so, the upsells. upsells so, nice. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Michael, um, 12 Republican senators voted, uh, senators, senators. No, senators. 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 Voted to pass the uh, Disrespect for Marriage Act today. Um, yeah, let him up. Oh, hey, there, hey. Hey. there goes the future. What's up, buddy? <laughs> We're talking about you in the future. Um, and I've been on this kick for like the last six months about like, what does it mean to be truly conservative? And of course, everyone likes to go back and, and reference Russell Kirk. Everyone likes to go back and reference me, you know, Edmund Burke, and which I, I think are very helpful in this conversation. Um, but uh, I, I still find, uh, especially Kirk, I find him wanting still in some of his analysis. Um, but these 12 senators cannot claim conservatism anymore that voted for marriage because one of the core, I, I, I believe one of the core um, meanings or, or, or reasons or principles of what it means to be conservative is that you believe that marriage is between a man and a woman is, is founded and grounded in scriptures. That, that, has, that has to be one of the core principles of what it means to be conservative. Yeah, and, and you can't look into the laws and customs surrounding marriage, even as it exists now, and not see the Christian inheritance still in it, right? Uh -huh. mm. That prevents us from, uh, you know, the Christian church spent a thousand years destroying tribal civilization by having laws against consanguineous marriages, right? Uh, like right. basically dethroning the power of the chief and raising up uh, the power of the pastor. Uh, and that's still with us and you know mm. fundamentally um you know the, the the final thing is that the respect for marriage act ultimately is a lie right like yeah. the, the the way to the way to oppose it is say like 
legally recognized concubinage cannot be called marriage <laughs> or progress. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Right? Like, exactly. I mean, it's, it's literally a civilizational step backwards. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Um, so yeah, it, it, uh, and, and that would be my final argument with, uh, with, with my, my old colleague, David too, is that even if you, even if you could posit this kind of quietist distinction between, covenantal marriage and civil marriage this still isn't marriage right like this right right (laughs) like this thing it's the civil partnership is not marriage um you know and uh you know i wish i wish i could say otherwise you know i listen I, i live in new york i live i live among the people i live in an in an industry in which you know the these uh, unions, so-called, are are becoming more common, uh, and it's becoming harder to tell people the truth uh, without them feeling horrified mm-hmm. or or mm-hmm. like they've encountered uh, you out of the Stone Age. Um, but it's but it's the truth. Yeah, amen. <laughs> can't, can't, can't say otherwise. Amen. Michael, I just want you to know you're invited on here anytime. You send an article, just expect <laughs> just, you're, you're just, coming yeah. back on the show. You need to, you need to angle to get on here more often. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Thank you very much. For uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna scare you off with some papalist uh, stuff. That's okay. <laughs> We're ready for that too. We'll do that one too. Bye, brother. If you're single, All right, take, get married. Take, if you're married, have you some kids? If you have kids go baptize them until tomorrow love god with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself go fight laugh and feast this is cross politic cheers hi i'm robert borton ceo of classical conversations the world's largest classical christian homeschooling community i'm launching a new podcast refining rhetoric if you like cross politics or just listen to hear what crazy stuff they're saying today you will enjoy refining rhetoric You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. I practice the 15 tools of learning by interviewing great guests, looking at current events, and talking about cryptocurrency. It is the duty of the free man to resist tyranny at every turn. Every man will either watch his freedom stripped away or take action to protect what he loves. Introducing the A3, the newest revolutionary body armor from Armored Republic. The A3 is the new standard for lightweight multi-hit body armor. A3 plates are incredibly light at 4.6 pounds. The patented design captures fragmentation while remaining multi-hit capable. The A3 will stop up to M80 ball, yet comes in at only 0.7 inches thick. The A3 is the thinnest NIJ.06 compliant or certified composite standalone plate that includes the drop test. The A3 is the first of its kind, patent pending, that combines an alloy strike face with polyethylene backing, revolutionizing body armor technology by providing strength and durability while remaining sleek and maneuverable. The A3 is the new standard in lightweight body armor. The fight against tyranny just got stronger.